Hello, my friends. Welcome back to Good Fortune. It's me, your host, Jamie Wright. We are here to do a yet another weekly astrology forecast. This one is for the week of December 25th through the 31st of 2023. As always, if you're enjoying Good Fortune, I'd love if you could give me a rating or review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Um, if you want to share the podcast, please tag me at Jamie Elise Wright on Instagram. And if you'd like to give your monetary support to the production of Good Fortune, you can become a paid subscriber to my Substack, and the link to do so is in the show notes. And now, as always, we're just going to get right into this forecast, the final one for 2023. Uh, this is episode 41 of Good Fortune. I was really hoping we hoping that we'd end the year on 40, but we're ending it on 41. Um, so we're giving very to be continued energy because, you know, we want to get back to an even number. We want to get to another milestone number. <laughs> um, this week, you know, it is the week of Christmas. It is the week of the new year. Hopefully, um, a lot of you are on holiday break, getting some rest, maybe seeing family, seeing friends, not seeing family, not seeing friends, <laughs> whatever is the most restful and peaceful for you. You know, we're in the week, it's the very beginning of winter, the solstice, it's the darkest time of year, and I really hope that you're finding space to relax and take care of yourself. Um, we're gonna start off, you know, on Monday the 25th. It is Christmas. I talked a little bit about the astrology of Christmas Day in last week's episode, um, just so we could tie together you know, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, especially for those of us who celebrate Christmas or seeing family, etc. Um, you know, and also just the sort of holiday break of it all. Um, the astrology of the 25th is very interesting. Um, the moon is in Gemini. And as I talked a bit about last week, the moon on the morning of the 24th is forming a square to Saturn. And then for the whole day on the 24th and the whole day on the 25th, the moon is forming in opposition to Mars. And I talked a bunch last week about how, you know, this is not a cute place for the moon to be in, especially on a holiday, especially on a day of rest, stuck between literally a rock and a hard place, Saturn and Mars. Um, but I like, the thing I like about this difficult configuration is that the moon is connecting with Saturn first, is connecting with the slow guy, the delay guy, the, you know, stopping your tracks guy first, and then heading into Mars, the planet that spurs us into action, that makes us move, that heats things up. And I do think the best way to remediate this energy is to do something active, is to go on a hike, is to get in a workout, is to play with kids, is to cook cut things, make things hot, you know, dice up those vegetables. Even if you're not a cook, you know, volunteer to be the sous chef. There's just a lot of energy towards like movement. It's definitely not a day where you're going to want to be like sitting around. It's more like, um, you know, a walking meditation an active meditation. But the thing that is sweet about the astrology of the 25th is that at 12, 14 PM, on the 25th, we have Venus trine Neptune. 
And Venus, you know, the planet of love, and Neptune is a planet of imagination and fantasy. And these two planets connecting, especially through a trine, where they're kind of egging each other on, they're supporting each other, they're on the same team. This, this feels very, you know, romantic. It feels very like, let's get lost in a fantasy. It feels very like, let's get, let's get lost in a movie. Um, but again, as I'm saying, it's like the Venus Neptune might make you want to rest or sleep or just kind of daydream, but the moon approaching Mars all day and that aspect goes exact at 9.08 PM. That's going to make you feel the fire. <laughs> so there's any way to find a balance between the fire and the vision, that's the best thing to do on this day. I think it's a very creative day, a very passionate day. Like I'm kind of seeing like making some kind of art project or like going on a hike and kind of turning it into almost like a tour where you're figuring out like, oh, these are what all these plants are. These are what all these birds are like sort of like gamifying things, making an event out of things, you know, making things exciting is gonna make that energy feel the best. And we're also at this point, the moon is in Gemini, but the moon is moving towards a full moon in Cancer, which goes exact the next day on Tuesday the 26th. So on Tuesday the 26th, you know, after the moon opposes Mars at 9.08 p.m. on the 25th, the moon then squares off with Neptune at 12.57 a.m. overnight. So after we have that long, heated face-off of the moon and Mars all day on Monday, it then seems that there's gonna be some nice rest. Things are gonna get very sleepy, very exhausted very quickly. Um, at 2.55 a.m., the moon opposes Mercury, and then the moon goes void for seven hours and 20 minutes. Then at 10.15 a.m. Eastern on the 26th, on Tuesday, the moon enters Cancer, and now we are in the power hour for the full moon. So the moon throughout the day, the moon is going to trine Saturn at 3.29 p.m. and sextile Jupiter at 8.45 p.m., and right in the middle of that, at 7.33 p.m., we have our exact full moon. And this full moon is at four degrees Cancer. The first part of Cancer is associated with the tarot card, the Two of Cups, which if you're familiar, that's the card. It literally looks like two people who are getting married. It's like two, pe two people who are facing each other and holding these cups between them. It's I pulled this card a lot, actually, like always on days when... I end up going out to a bar with one friend and having like a one-on-one -on -one catch up. Like it's a very friend date, lover date, real date, but the, the golden dawn called this card love. <laughs> um, and there is something about this full moon and I'll write more about this um, on Substack, but there's something about this full moon that is very open-hearted and collaborative and you know full moons in cancer are always about sort of owning up to our emotions and owning up to our vulnerabilities you know cancer is the cardinal water sign it's the water sign that is not just a mom but a matriarch and there's something as i said about really like owning our emotions and owning what we want and also owning our pain Especially because on this same day at 10.09 p.m. we have Chiron Station Direct. And so Chiron, you know, the wounded healer, 
has been retrograde since July 23rd. So Chiron has been retrograde for about half the year. But whenever some, you know, we have a planet or a planetoid, which is what Chiron is, stationing retrograde or stationing direct, we're getting the energy of that planet or that planetoid or whatever, what have you really emphasized. So Chiron is loud and we're already in this very emotional full moon in Cancer that's very like, if you want to sing out, sing out. If you want to be free, be free, like sing out Louise energy. Chiron stationing is just, this is like cathartic cry fest, but it's not a cathartic cry fest of like, oh no, something little hurt me today. Or, oh no, I'm feeling petty about something and I'm just upset. Like this is feeling emotional about, you know, owning your emotions, owning what you want, owning your desires on like a large level. This full moon is connected to both Saturn and Jupiter. This is about world building. This is a visionary full moon, you know, and it, it, I love that it's coming right in this final week of the year, right before New Year's. That's really like, this is my thesis statement <laughs> for what I want for the year. But again, it's almost like emotionally pouring out of us. Um, and the, the tricky thing about this is that as I've talked about the last couple weeks, you know, Mercury is retrograde. And as of the end of last week, Mercury retrograde moved back into Sagittarius, where Mercury is about to run into some trouble. <laughs> um, and so even though we're at this full moon, that's very, as I said, sing out Louise, own up to our, own up to our emotions, like... This is very like being emotional on Maine, sharing too much on Maine. Like this full moon is like, I like the old days when now people do it on Instagram and it still feels like they're like selling you something. But like, I'm going back to like 10 years ago, even like seven or eight years ago when people would write really long posts on, on Facebook that were like about how proud they were of like a personal accomplishment. And it, it's like this vibe of Facebook that I, I would always be like, this is like this person is just like writing a letter to their mom um, because they're just like sharing like how proud they are of themselves and how proud of how far they've come. And like, there's nothing wrong with that, but there's something about this full moon that's very like, I want to announce to the world like how much I've been through and how proud I am that I overcame it. But... Mercury is in Sagittarius and overnight Tuesday into Wednesday at 2.42 a.m. Mercury retrograde is squaring Neptune, which is the definition of mixed signals. <laughs> Communication is not clear. Things are overwhelming. And what's kind of funny is that Mercury was square Neptune during the last full moon, during the full moon in Gemini that came on November 27th. And that Mercury square Neptune was so potent because it was a Gemini full moon and Gemini is ruled by Mercury. And that day was just hectic, confusion, chaotic. This Mercury square Neptune is not as much of a direct <laughs> attack. Um, it's not as loud, but there is this idea that we're gonna wanna shout something from the rooftops, but the message is not reading clearly. Um, what's interesting is that we have that Mercury square Neptune, and then at 10.28 a.m., we have the Sun trine Jupiter. And this is a really kind of buoyant aspect. You know, Jupiter 
is about to station direct. Jupiter has been retrograde since September. We'll talk about that when we get to a few days from now in this forecast. But Jupiter and the sun having this trine, this only happens like around the time when Jupiter is stationing either retrograde or direct. So whenever Jupiter and the sun are trining each other, sort of like it's like the two big guys on campus sort of patting each other on the back and supporting each other. It comes when Jupiter is being really emphasized. Jupiter, this idea of luck and enthusiasm and relief. And so along with this full moon, there is this sense of, you know, feeling emboldened and feeling empowered and feeling excited about something. Um, but with the Mercury square Neptune, and then later in the day, 3.22 p.m., the moon squares Chiron, which might feel like a little bit of an ouch, a little bit of a pain point. And at 7.31 p.m. on Wednesday the 27th, we have Mercury retrograde conjunct Mars. So on Wednesday the 27th, we don't just have Mercury square Neptune, mixed signals, confusion central. We have Mercury retrograde conjunct Mars. And Mercury conjunct Mars is like, uh, that is a verbal, <laughs> that is the pen is mightier than the sword energy. It is like verbal attack, verbal, you know, it's like, the written word is cutting something, separating something. It's having a very sharp tongue. Um, people with Mercury, Mars aspects tend to be people who communicate the best when they're in opposition to something or they're in a conflict or they're trying to argue something. Um, I say as someone who has a Mercury, Mars aspect in my chart, you know, there's a sense where it's like, I know that I communicate my message better when I'm, when I'm trying, when I'm trying to fight a little bit, even if it's just a playful fight, you know, I, I speak better when I'm trying to stick up for some, for myself or for someone else or for an idea. Um, it's like Mercury Mars wants to, you know, delineate, define, separate from something rather than bring things together. And so this Mercury retrograde conjunct Mars is so sharp and it just feels like blurting something out that is not fully formed yet <laughs> and that maybe has no business being blurted out but it's being blurred out anyway um and we end the day on wednesday the 27th with the moon sextiling uranus which i feel like is just a little kind of it's like a button that's like lol <laughs> wasn't that day funny here's another little unexpected twist so overall wednesday the 27th there's a feeling of like feeling really good and feeling relief, but then the I would really caution like be careful what you say and also be careful what you believe that other people are saying because I think a lot of people are going to be thinking without speaking, a lot of people are going to be speaking out of turn, a lot of people might be defending something and they're not even sure what they're defending. Um it just seems like a messy day and it's a messy day especially in spaces where you don't fully trust people or you don't fully like social spaces, quote unquote, community spaces where like there's just there's something where um, unless you really trust and love someone and are inclined to believe them no matter what, um, take, you know, take everything with a grain of salt on Wednesday. People are going to be high key emotional and high key, you know, speaking out of pocket, speaking out of turn. 
Thursday the 28th, um, overnight, we have the moon squaring the nodes. We have the moon in one of her crunchy little places. Um, then at 9.45 a.m., we have the moon trine Neptune. At 5.12 p.m., we have the moon trine Venus. So the moon is connecting with both Neptune and Venus on Thursday. We have the moon in Cancer, Neptune in Pisces, and Venus in Scorpio. So we have this grand water trine. Again, emotions are high. <laughs> They're probably still high because of something that was said the previous day, you know, or on on the, on Tuesday during the full moon. There's this real sense of like having to sit in something. Thursday feels very wet. And at 5.15 p.m. on Thursday, we have Mars square Neptune. <laughs> so now Mars and Neptune are connecting. Mars is our action. Mars is how we separate. Mars is the energy we put into things. Neptune is confusion. When Mars and Neptune connect, it's burnout. It's exhaustion. Um, this aspect definitely feels like, oh, wow, I've put so much heart into everything. I sort of worked myself up into a tizzy, and now I'm just so tired. <laughs> um, we experienced collectively um, a kind of endless Mars square Neptune aspect back from about August of 2022 until March of 2023, when we had Mars retrograde in Gemini. And when Mars was retrograde in Gemini, Mars was connected to Neptune the whole time. And I would describe a lot of that period. Like I personally like don't remember a lot of what was going on in the latter part of 2022. And I have a very good memory um, in general, as you, as those who know me know. And if you know me only through this podcast, you may have picked up. Um, but uh, I, that whole period is very hazy. You know, it felt like it took so much energy to do things. Um, especially if you're a Martian person, especially if you're a Scorpio rising or an Aries rising or have other Scorpio or Aries placements. Um, this Mars square Neptune is going to feel like I'm done. I'm tired. Like I'm retiring literally. Um, and at 5.57 p.m., just about an hour after that Mars square Neptune goes exact, we also have the moon opposite Pluto, just putting us in this kind of um, obsessive, stressed, you know, kind of making everything a bigger deal than it is kind of energy. In general, these vibes on Thursday, even though we have this grand water trine that in some ways is really romantic, the vibes in general feel kind of obsessive, anxious, and very over it for most of the day. Um, but then the moon goes void, of course, after opposing Pluto for about an hour and a half. And at 7.23 p.m., we have the moon enter Leo. And this is where the energy is shifting. This is where we're going into fire world. Um, this is where we're kind of picking, we're sort of brushing ourselves off and going, okay, that was really emotional and stressful and people said some things but now I'm ready to just like be in my confident <laughs> Leonine era and overnight on Thursday into Friday at 1 a.m. we have Venus sextile Pluto and Venus sextile Pluto is really interesting because I think of these kind of Venus Pluto aspects as almost like we're going really deep 
in art or love or beauty. Um, interestingly, like the moon in Leo is going to be forming a square to Jupiter all night, overnight, Thursday into Friday. And so even though Thursday during the day, do not recommend as <laughs> a time to do anything, Thursday night feels a little bit like a party night or at least an art night. But like Venus sextile Pluto also, I think it almost feels like kind of... Um, really intensely watching like a YouTube makeup tutorial and teaching yourself how to like do, you know, that cat eye you've always wanted to do or that smoky eye you've always wanted to do or like just like learn how to better highlight your face. I'm like, I don't really know anything about makeup. I'm making this stuff up, but you know what I mean? It just feels like going really hard, going really deep, like doing research, um, watching, uh, like a kind of art film is the energy, but there's also just this kind of like party vibe. There's like a real sweetness um, that comes along with this intensity on Thursday night into Friday. And this night actually feels like the best night to kind of like have a holiday gathering, um, maybe amongst friends. Um, and then as I said, 6.17 a.m., we have the moon square Jupiter on Friday the 29th. So we start off that day um, on this high note. <laughs> the moon is squaring Jupiter. And then at 3.23 p.m. on Friday, we have Venus entering Sagittarius. So Venus is out of her mysterious, protective, you know, um, Scorpio era and into her freewheeling Sagittarius era and she's ready to go on an adventure and I love Venus and Sagittarius energy because it's really a Venus that's like I will try anything you know it's Venus through the lens of philosophy it's Venus through the lens of travel um, I was looking up examples of public figures with Venus and Sagittarius and I wanted also to find um public figures who were ruled by that Venus in Sagittarius. And one of the first ones that um, came up was Sally Field. And I think that's hilarious just because like, <laughs> like one of the first roles Sally Field was ever known for was literally the flying nun, um, which the, the concept of a flying nun is so Venus and Sagittarius because there's like the spiritual aspects, the religious aspects, but also it's like this person who's flying, which flight is so Sagittarian, but it's also like ridiculous in this very Sagittarian way. Like Sagittarius has such a sense of humor and with Venus, there's like a real sense of humor to the way we approach art and beauty and connection. And there's a more blunt, approach there's a more flirtatious approach but there is also a maximalist approach like Sagittarius is a Jupiterian sign Jupiter wants things to be big Jupiter wants to have it all <laughs> Jupiter wants to see it all um and I love that like the moon is in Leo as Venus enters Sagittarius after we've had this kind of intense um you know, full moon in Cancer that's so emotional because now we have Venus in Sagittarius, Mercury in Sagittarius, and Mars in Sagittarius, and it's very much we're having a good time <laughs> kind of feeling. Um, then moving into Saturday the 30th, we have the moon in Leo still. 
Um, and we start off the day 9.38 a.m. with the moon square Uranus. So we've got some trickster energy in the air. The next aspect at 3.59 p.m. is that the moon is trying to Mercury. Um, so Saturday the 30th, um, actually, so yeah, Friday night, the 29th into the 30th, that feels like a great, again, party night, like going out night. Um, and Saturday the 30th also feels like a great kind of party night, going out night. Like it, Saturday the 30th and Friday the 29th and Thursday the 28th feel more like parties than, as we'll get to, the 31st New Year's Eve does. Um, what happens at the end of the day on Saturday the 30th is that at 9.40 p.m. we have Jupiter Station Direct at 5 degrees of Taurus. And this is really significant for a couple of reasons. One, Jupiter stationing direct in general is a big deal. And this is an energy that we're going to be feeling the whole week. Um, we're going to be feeling this very potent Jupiter energy, which is to say, you know, especially once we get past um, Thursday afternoon, there's going to be more of a lightness in the air. There's going to be more of a sense of hope, a sense of optimism, a sense of relief. Um, and also Jupiter, well, first of all, like not also, but <laughs> first Jupiter stationed retrograde back on September 4th. And that was at about 15 degrees of Taurus. And now Jupiter has moved back to five degrees of Taurus. And so for the last about four months, we've had this Jupiter retrograde where like that sense of hope, that sense of optimism has in some ways been a bit muted. When Jupiter is retrograde, like the growth that we've been experiencing with Jupiter in whatever sign it's in, whatever house it's in, has felt muted. Um, and with it stationing direct, it's like the volume and the lights and the color are all getting turned back on. The other really significant thing about this is that this Jupiter stationing direct ties together a thread of something that's been a story for all of 2023 because there have been several key astrological transits that have happened at five degrees of Taurus. Um, the first was back in April and May of 2023. We had a Mercury retrograde in Taurus. And this was the Mercury, Mercury retrograde that brought us um, the WGA strikes. Um, and this Mercury retrograde, it's stationed direct, I believe it was on May 10th. I'm not, I have to double check that. You can, I'm like, you can double check that. Someone will double check that. It was around May 10th. Jupiter, or Mercury stationed direct at five degrees of Taurus. And so there was something in the Taurus part of our chart or just about Taurus things in general, which is, you know, the literal earth, money, food, comforts, you know, Venusian things like art, that back in the spring, back in April and May, we were going over the details of, we were trying to figure something out. There was something being reworked and revised in this very mercurial detailed way. Then fast forward to October 28th, we had a lunar eclipse that was at five degrees of Taurus. <laughs> and there's something around that lunar eclipse where it's like, oh, something 
that we were working out the details of and the intricacies of back then is there's also this kind of eclipsy button being put on it. There's some kind of fate coming to the surface that's um, connected to those same details, those same things we were going over back then. There's something that's bubbling to the surface. And, you know, both that Mercury retrograde and especially this lunar eclipse, this could have made this similar kind of topic, could have really felt uneasy or like unmanageable or like, I'm not sure where this is going. But now with Jupiter stationing direct on Saturday the 30th, what was kind of, we were ruminating over in April and May and then kind of forced to contend with at the end of October, at this week, at the end of December, we're experiencing a sense of sort of just faith and hope and optimism and like, oh, I now can can fill this with something. Like I want to start filling this with something. Like I've, I'm able to let go of these ruminations and these worries, and I've sort of gotten past this challenge I was facing in this part of my life. And now I want to fill this space with something new. I want to have renewed hope. I want to have renewed optimism. Um, and Jupiter stationing direct is also just like sort of propelling us into the next eight months of Jupiter moving forward and Jupiter moving through Taurus. And by the time Jupiter stations retrograde again, Jupiter will be almost at the end of Gemini. So Jupiter is going to start covering a lot of ground <laughs> in the next eight or nine months. Um, and that's all to say that like these past four months or so, if hope has felt hard to come by, if optimism has felt hard to come by, with Jupiter stationing direct this week, the, a lot of that faith is going to be restored and there's going to be something worth, um, you know, wanting something worth wanting is maybe the easiest way to put it. Um, but, and again, this sort of Jupiter stationing direct, it's just like a good vibe, good feeling. Um, it's very like, levitating by Dua Lipa, kind of like I'm at the club dancing to disco energy, which is why Saturday the 30th with the moon still in Leo, this again feels like just a fun night. Um, especially because overnight Saturday into Sunday, 12, 18 AM, we have the moon trying Mars, which is, you know, putting up the heat, putting up the passion, putting up the intensity. And then the moon goes void for six hours and 35 minutes overnight. And at 6.53 a.m. on Sunday the 31st, we have the moon go in to Virgo. And Virgo is going to spend the day first squaring Venus at 11.22 a.m., then opposing Saturn at 1.23 p.m., and then trining Jupiter at 6.10 p.m. And, you know... The square to Venus and the trine to Jupiter are very lovely, but they're broken up in the afternoon by this opposition to Saturn, this more sort of tense, pressure-filled, you know, self-serious kind of aspect. In general, though, this energy on the 31st, after the emotional intensity of this week, does feel like a moment to calm down. It feels like a return to form. It feels like, okay, I want to... I want to just have like a little get together with friends and maybe make vision boards and set our resolutions for the new year. It doesn't feel like the cathartic party night. It feels like the energy wants us to like keep 
the New Year's celebration on New Year's Eve, at least, very simple. Um, and that takes us through the end of the week. Um, this, yeah, the the evening ending with the moon trying to Jupiter on Sunday the 31st, it really feels like dinner party energy, not like let's go out to the club energy. Not that I know anyone who's going out to the club on New Year's, but I know some people like to. Um, I don't. <laughs> I feel about New Year's the way I feel about Halloween, which is like, I don't want people to tell me that I should be having fun. Um, I'll have fun when I want to have fun. Um, but that takes us to the end of the week. Just to go over the exact aspects, there is a lot, I know there's a lot going on this week. So on the 25th, we have Venus trying Neptune. On the 26th, we have the full moon in Cancer and Chiron stationing direct. On the 27th, we have Mercury retrograde squaring Neptune and the sun trining Jupiter and then Mercury retrograde conjunct Mars. On the 28th, we have Mars square Neptune. On the 29th, we have Venus sextile Pluto and then Venus entering Sagittarius. And then on the 30th, we have Jupiter stationing direct. Um, wow. So yeah, this is a stacked week. There's something going on every single day, except for New Year's Eve, the 31st. And just another reminder, on January 1st, it won't be until about 10 p.m. Eastern on January 1st, but January 1st is when Mercury's retrograde is ending. And... In my head, you know, it's like this, this beat from the court or this, this like melt. I don't know what I'm saying. This line from a chorus line of now life really begins. That is what's happening on January 1st. It's very now life really begins energy. Um, I apologize for making you listen to me sing. Um, that is the forecast for the 25th through the 31st. Um, I wish you a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, um, Happy Holidays, Happy Solstice, Happy Everything. And we will be back in 2024 with more good fortune. Um, and until then, I'll talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.